Hi, everyone. How are you doing? My name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. And all this show, we talk about everything related to heavy metal and chemical detoxification, also things that can improve your health as well. Today, we're talking about breath work and the transformative power of breath work with my friend, uh, Josh Trent. And he's the host of Wellness Force Radio. And I just love his work so much. He he's, comes from the heart and he's just so authentic and and spiritual. And I just, I love every conversation I've had with them. And we're going to be talking about, you know, relaxing the default mode network via conscious breath awareness. So uh, we talk about all different types of aspects of breath work and different types of breath work and the, the benefits and having more conscious awareness through breath work, uh, you know, improving vagal tone, vagus nerve tone, which is really important because it enervates so many different organs. A lot of people have different health issues because of poor vagal tone. You know, a lot of people are just so stressed today. They're so stressed. They're just kind of at their max stress-wise. And you can really, you know, what Josh talks about taking back control of your nervous system, of your stress levels and turning inward using breath work. And he's created an amazing course that we'll talk about called breath work. Just a really, really interesting conversation today. I know you guys listening, you're concerned about heavy metal toxicity and, and how to detox your body. And Josh talks about, you know, how the lungs are one of your primary detox organs to release toxins. So I know you guys want to know what your toxic load is in your body. So I created a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com, where after you take that quiz, you can get your, your kind of your quiz results and learn what your relative body burden of toxins is. And you get a free video series about where to begin. How do you start detoxing? What are the, the what's the best place to, to start? Uh, what kind of testing you should do, et cetera. So go take that at heavymetalsquiz.com. It takes two seconds. And our guest today, Josh, he is the founder of Wellness Force Media. He's host of the Wellness Force podcast and the creator of the Breathe uh, Breath and Wellness program. And he spent the last 19 years as a trainer, a researcher, and a facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. And the Wellness Force mission is to help humans heal mental, emotional, and physical health through podcasts, programs, and a global community that believes in optimizing their true potential to live life well. Uh, Josh's life is dedicated to supporting humanity coming together as one. And you can learn more about Josh and his work at wellnessforce.com. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me back. It's been a minute. We're both uh, in different places, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Yes. Yeah. And I like as we were catching up, you know, I haven't had you on the show for about four years. That was the last time I was living wow. in, uh, living in Los Angeles Wow. and uh, really happy I'm not there anymore. I moved to Mexico. Uh, what's what's going on with you? Well, um, as you know, we have a, a new child. He's uh, five months old. So that's the biggest change in my life. But we also moved out to Austin, Texas. Um, oh, yes. because of health freedom, because of, uh, because of personal sovereignty and because we wanted to really have a great place to raise our son and be healthy and well ourselves. So we found that Austin was a really good place for that. Now that's so my home state. That's where I'm from Texas. I'm from there. Oh, cool. My dad lived in Austin a long time and I, when I love, I love Austin. I love visiting yeah, there. Me too. I really enjoy it here. The community is rich. Um, not just financially rich, I mean, like rich in interaction, you know, there's a lot of events going on out here and people are really coming together in Texas, which is not the case for our country right now in many other states, but there's a real coming together. I feel here. Yeah. I love going to visit my mom in, in Houston, but let's talk about you, like your hero origin story, you know, and you created the wellness force podcast. Um, I want to hear about your work and why you're doing what you're doing. Well, I, to pull the e-brake way back, it was, it was 2011 that I actually bought the URL wellnessforce.com, but, um, I really didn't take action on it until 2015, which was, you know, we all have our, our challenges, right? Like you had, you had a physical process you went through. So have I, but I had more of like a spiritual and emotional process that I went through to actually garner the courage to launch wellness force, to be a podcast host, to, to have full faith that my voice means something that I can actually help people. 
So it took quite a while. It took from 2011 all the way to 2015 for me to really gather up the courage in myself so that I could lead other people based on my own experiences and my own learning. Mm -hmm. uh, but then way before that, you know, I was born uh, four pounds, 11 and a half ounces. I was premature. <laughs> so I came into the world with some pretty big contrast, I guess you could say, which is a case I think for most of us that are the archetype of the wounded healer. You know, you and I fall into that category. We go through our own challenges and then we help other people with what we've learned. So um, to no surprise, you know, I'm born with a lot of antibiotics in my system and a lot of digestive issues and a lot of really just fallout from a microbiome standpoint. And I got to the this place when I was young, I think I was maybe nine or 10, I had these chronic ear infections, sinus infections, really bad. And, you know, love my parents, they did the absolute best they, they could, Wendy, with the knowledge they had, but they didn't know the ramifications of heavy, heavy antibiotic use. So because of that, I put on a lot of weight, it really shifted my microbiome incredibly so. And then without the right physical intelligence, without the right emotional intelligence, I got to the point where I was 21 years old. I was like 280 pounds mm. working at a job I hated in a relationship I didn't want to be in. And it was like I was ripe for transformation. So I, uh, I was drinking at the time, 21 years old. Who doesn't drink when they're 21? But I was using as a, a way to cope, a way to escape from life. And I'll never forget this. I was drinking a little red party cup um, playing beer pong by San Diego State in 2001. And I slammed the cup down and I looked down and I had a, a belly and I felt gross and I wasn't with the right person and I didn't like what I was doing for work. I mean, it was like health, wealth, relationships were all jacked. <laughs> you know, like nothing was working. And uh, it was the first time in my life I had actually felt a higher power because I was so frustrated with myself, with the choices that I made, with the lack of intelligence that I had, that I got to this point where I was like, I don't know what to do, but I know I don't want to do this. And when that happened, I felt this wave of deep sadness that I think I finally allowed myself to feel. And then I slammed the cup down and I ran home drunk like three miles. <laughs> and I got home drunk and I think I typed into my old HP computer, how do I be healthy? And that took me on the journey of like losing 100 pounds, gaining 60 back, back and forth. Then I sold everything I owned, quit my job, burned the boats, moved to Hawaii. And in Hawaii, I really found fitness. I really found health uh, because of the ocean, because of the feminine power of the ocean. Hawaii is I such a healing lived. place. I, I love is. Hawaii. It's incredible, the energy there. And it's very cooling. It's a very cooling um the islands are, as you know, they're, they're volcanoes that have lifted out of the ocean floor. So it's surrounded by this beautiful crystal aquamarine water. I loved it. So I really found uh, hiking and surfing and fishing and fitness out there. And I became a personal trainer. That was my career for 10 years, was a fitness professional and like 10,000 plus hours of clients moved back home. And then right around 2011, I was done with fitness, but I, I didn't know it yet. I didn't know how to leave. And so it wasn't up until um, 2013, 2014, right around that 10 year mark where I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I committed spiritual suicide. I left the gym. I went to a corporate America <laughs> for like two years, sat in a cube. And by the beginning of 2015, I got this beautiful gift of being fired actually. And I'll never forget this. I haven't thought about this in so long. So this is really cool to, to even feel with you right now. When I got fired, I looked at my boss at the time and I said, well, what do you think I should be doing? And he's like, every, every time I look at you, he's like, I just think of wellness. He's like, you need to do something in wellness. And he didn't know this, but I had been sitting on that URL for three years. So, um, so that's Brian really how the, the podcast was formed. Yeah. It was like little guideposts, sometimes big guideposts, uh, both terrifying and liberating, you know, and, and here we are six years later and millions of downloads later. And it's like, okay, I, I did the the right thing for my soul. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice when you're in alignment and that it, it takes a while to get there. It took yeah. me until I was like 38 or 39 to kind of figure out uh, what I was doing. Um, yes. But let, let's talk about breath work. So you, you talk a lot about that on your podcasts and are very focused on that. Tell us what it is and you know, how you kind of got really passionate about that. 
Well, we all do it, but none of us really know how to do it properly. We learn it from our parents. Think about from a science perspective, the controlled lever that we're pulling in the autonomic nervous system. As you know, from all the programs that, that you help people with and, and from fatigue, when we are completely taxed all the time, we're constantly in sympathetic for the, our automatic or autonomic nervous system. We really need a lever to pull, but the only lever that we can pull that's both voluntary and involuntary is breath. It's the only thing we have. We can't, you and I can't digest our food faster or sit and think about making our heartbeat faster or make our skin grow faster. We, we can't do these things. Our body does that. Our body's so intelligent, but breath is really powerful. It's the most powerful thing because we can actually use it and it can breathe us. So it's the only thing that exists like that in our entire nervous system, which is, which is phenomenal. And through this controlled respiration, what we can do is we can start to modulate, learn how to modulate our stress and increase our vagal tone, which is really the most exciting thing about breath. The most exciting thing about breath is becoming more adaptive and more resilient to stress over time. And that for me has always been a cue of like, how do I be in the present moment? You know, early in my life, when I was sharing my story, I was in depression. And as you know, depression is a rumination or a focus on the past. So when I'm depressed, I'm literally having energy in my system pushed down. Lack of expression is depression. So I wasn't expressing, I wasn't having conversations with you. You know, I wasn't doing my thing. I wasn't living life. And so anxiety I've experienced and depression I've experienced, but you and I both understand that anxiety is a focus on the future. It's a worry about the future. So how do we get out of, out of the future and out of the past and just right here, right now? The only way we do it is by using this vagal tone and using our breath so that we can deal with the challenges that come that pull us out of the present moment. In other words, sadness, capital T trauma, lowercase t trauma from our past or, um, performance, anxiety, uh, focus on financial goals for the future, things like this. And now because of what's happening in our world, especially if you look at Australia and Canada, oh my God, <laughs> like I can't think of a more potent and powerful time for people to use the breath so they can actually return to the present moment. And really, Wendy, like have the courage to see what's going on. A lot of people right now are focused on apathy and just kind of burying their head in the sand. And I get it. I'm not here to shame people, but it's it's happening. Everything that's happening around us is happening for us to notice it. But unless we're breathing, then we, we're not going to be able to notice it because we're going to be disconnected from our body and we're going to be disconnected from the present moment. So that's that's a really high level of the breath. Of course, there's a ton of physiological processes and health benefits and all these other things from a biological standpoint that support us. But just, you know, looking at breath from a 30,000 foot view, it brings us to the moment. It's the only thing we have in our nervous system that we can pull physically. Um, and it's also the only thing that we tend to learn from our parents how to do wrong. You know, um, not the only thing, actually. Uh, I guess you could say the way that we eat, the way that we interact, the way that we treat ourselves and the way that we breathe. Those are the big ones uh, that we learn from our parents. And so we spend the rest of our lives figuring out what's ours figuring out how to come back to our homeostasis. And I think the breath can really help us do that. Yeah. And I think people, you know, always think that something going on with their health or, or emotion wise is complicated. Like there's a complicated solution and yes. you really have to go back to the basics, you know, uh, food, water, you know, stress relief and, you know, deep breathing can have in just transformative effects doing something so, so simple, you know, and I think also right now, because of what's going on, you know, there's this fear in the mass consciousness that's yeah. causing people to feel stress that maybe is not their stress, but they still feel it. And they're still impacted it, uh, impacted by it, fearful of, you know, especially if they live in a country where their borders are closed and they, right. they can't leave and they don't know what's happening. And it's just, it's a, a very, weird, scary time. And in, you can, uh, can you talk a little about that and taking control of your nervous system and not letting it be influenced by all these outside forces? Yeah, really what you're talking about is the ancient part of our brain. It's called the amygdala. And the amygdala is, I guess you could say, I don't know where it is physically, but I know it's somewhere towards the center of our brain. 
and the three parts of what is known as the default mode network, this is really what's happening to people. So essentially the default mode network, it's this access that when you're doing a myopic task or when you're doing a singular task, it is supposed to be off, right? The default mode network is like this scanning mechanism in our brain for danger, for fear. So it's the, the posterior cingulate, the, the prefrontal cortex, and the amygdala. There's other structures, but those are the big three that really speak to each other. And science has shown this on PET scans, which is where they put people in this like really crazy looking, almost like George Jetson thing, but they, they can see, science and, and medicine can see what parts of the brain are active in this, in this PET scan. And a lot of the things that we see on PubMed and many different studies out there show that for the average person, when they're trying to meditate or when they're trying to do their best with breath work, the default mode network that is supposed to be down is actually up. So it's upregulated because of we become victims of our thoughts. We, we just do. We become victims of our behaviors and we become victims of our thoughts. So the only way that we can turn down the volume of this default mode network and turn down, it really it's electrical because we're all electrical beings, it's electrical supply, is to take conscious connected breaths and start to increase our vagal tone. And so the, the radical science behind this, and, and when I was creating the Breathe Breath and Wellness program, this is our three-week program that we have to teach people how to breathe, I started to really geek out on the science and it started to make even more sense because whenever I would breathe, I would always have tears, especially when I would do like long-term cathartic breathing and I would always feel so much better and I didn't know why. And it actually sparked me to go down the research rabbit hole. And what I found and what science is showing is that when you are doing breath hold retentions and when you're doing box breathing or circle breathing, you actually are increasing not only your oxygen levels, but you're increasing your nitric oxide, right? And you're decreasing oxidative stress. As you know, if you cut an apple and the apple turns brown, that's oxidative stress. You and I both have that here on earth because oxygen is corrosive. But when we learn how to do breath hold retentions, we decrease that browning effect within ourselves, that oxidative stress, and we increase- I look like an avocado on the inside. <laughs> like an avocado. <laughs> yeah, so there, but, and those are just a few of them, but so first is the default mode network. It's the part that's supposed to be at rest when we're doing a singular task, like writing or podcasting or, or a meditation. Podcasting, I think it'd be a little more active because I'm listening to you. But whenever we're, whenever we really want to do a task in life that is predetermined by us being in the present moment, a, a clear way to see if breath work would be a fantastic tool for you is just to notice: Do I have a hard time doing one thing at a time? Do I have a really hard time doing one thing at a time? Maybe it's sitting still. Maybe it's just a conversation. Um, a lot of us are fed by too much caffeine, too much stimulants. And also too much stimulation, too much monkey mind. So when we start to do the breath and there's, there's posture, there's efficacy and there's styles of breath we can dive into. But once you start doing the breath properly and really breathing through your nose, Wendy, that's, that's the main thing is using our nose, our mouth and our belly. We start to really see the physiology come back online and then everything else gets easier. So I'm not saying that the breath is like this golden ticket. But wow, it really allows you to take a deeper inventory of what's making you uh, unwell. Yeah, I mean, my my partner right now, my business partner, um, he is his name is Randall, and he's been doing an hour of breath work every day, and he's having wow. transformative experiences. I mean, he's not having a lot of fun doing it, but he's doing it for an hour. He's committed to doing that, and he said he's just. He cannot believe uh, how much better he feels and like the releases he's having and stress release and stuff that's like coming up, coming up and out. And yeah. uh, he's, yeah. he was really taken aback by how powerful uh, the breath work was that he was doing. Well, that's, I mean, that's commitment. An hour a day is commitment. Yeah. I, I feel like people have maybe 20 minutes. Most, most students in the breathe program, it's about seven minutes or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's and enough. That's enough. He's just going overboard. Enough. He's just going yeah. overboard. <laughs> That's enough, right? And yeah. so it, it makes me think about like right now I'm sitting in a, in a chair. It's a lotus style chair. And I, I, I flip the pad in front and I sit in a lotus position. So as we're doing this show, my, my spine, my, my shoulders, and my neck, they're all really straight. 
And when we do our breath work, if we're breathing through our belly and if our posture is straight, then we can actually get the benefits. But if we're hunched or if we're uncomfortable, and this is the big one, if our knees are above our hips, you're not going to be able to get the benefits of breath work because you have to have room for your abdomen to travel. You have to open up your hips so your belly can actually go in and out. And I, I learned this from Dr. Belisa Vranich, Wendy. She wrote a book called Breathing for Warriors. And um, it was a fascinating book. And I, I, I went and took some of her trainings. I've taken lots of trainings in the past five years. But hers was really profound because she said this phrase that, that I think everyone can understand. Human beings are meant to be horizontal breathers in and out, not vertical breathers mm. up and down. And many of us, when we breathe, we're breathing from our scalenes, our sternocleidomastoid, and we're breathing through our clavicles. And we're really just shutting off all the benefits of breath. And so it is as simple as tuning into your posture and making sure that you're breathing through your belly because on the backside, you know, our, our, our vagus nerve runs all the way from the back of the cranium all the way down the spine and then it innervates like a tree and it wraps around the diaphragm and then it innervates into the enteric nervous system. And as you know, that's our second brain. So when we are doing breath work properly and we're doing this, this focused breathing, this conscious connected breathing, we're actually getting a physical press on those nerve endings and we're getting more vagal tone by doing the diaphragmatic breathing. And another thing I have to mention too is that the diaphragm is a 360 degree muscle. It's not, some people think the diaphragm just sits right here in the front of your sternum. That's actually just like 20% of it. The diaphragm goes all the way around your body. It's this dome shaped muscle. So that's what we need to start getting more awareness of is diaphragmatic breathing because most of us through stress, we breathe up instead of out. And when we start breathing out, we can actually press on those nerve bundles and we can start getting that vagal tone. And then lo and behold, you know, uh, three weeks, a month later from doing this practice, um, I've had, I've had a pediatrician write to me. I've had, um, people across the world write in and like, they're finally getting it. And I think for me that that means the most because when we learn how to breathe, we can choose, you know, it's, it's written on my arm. Uh, it's se posso respirare, posso scegliere. And in Italian, I know you're in Mexico and that's a beautiful language, but I love the Italian language and, and it's on my arm, se posso respirare, posso scegliere, because I needed a reminder for myself that if I can breathe, I can choose. And that's what that means in Italian. If I can breathe, I can be here with you and not think about anything else. If I can breathe, I can choose to show up for my son more patient. If I can breathe properly, I can not get so stressed out when I'm having an argument with someone. Um, these are all the things that I think we're, we're being directed towards by the breath. Josh, you're not arguing with anybody right now. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I don't I see you. <laughs> well, let's talk about the vagus nerve because that is a, you know, something a lot of people are talking about now, you know, the vagus nerve enervates like all your different organs and, yes. um, and a lot of people have health issues because they have poor vagal tone. Can you talk a little bit about that and the, the benefits you get from working on vagal tone? We all know that when we go to the gym or when we exercise that our muscles become more dense there's those actin and myosin fibers and they tear. And then that's what creates the Krebs cycle. And that's where you get ATP and all these different scientific things. Essentially, when we work out physically, when we train physically, we sleep. And then when we wake up, we're stronger. We're, we're more toned physically. Well, the same thing happens for the breath. Because when we're using our intercostals and when we're using our TVA, our, our transverse abdominus, when we're using all these muscles to help our, our body breathe, we're getting so many benefits and we're actually toning the sensitivity of that vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is ancient. It's, it's a hardwired system. So, you know, it has a direct connection with the amygdala, which is our fight or flight organ. It's like, we're, we're, well, it's actually fight, flight, or freeze. It's, it's three of them. That's a whole other podcast because some people say there's five functions <laughs> and it's like fight, flight, freeze. And then I've heard someone else describe this as, I forget it, but like almost like where you're connecting with someone else. I think it's like a surrender or something like that. I don't know, but you guys Google that. 
Well, don't Google it. Actually, use Brave. So back to the <laughs> vagus, back to the vagus nerve. When when we're toning the vagus nerve, when we're physically toning the nerve, it increases its sensitivity and its tone. And one of the major parts of the vagus nerve is that it helps us control the parasympathetic side of our autonomic nervous system, which is like how we digest our food. Can we relax? Can we have all the different processes in our body that are supposed to just be functioning, like you know, our, our adrenals and detoxification and everything else? If, if we're constantly shifted into this sympathetic state because of a low vagal tone or improper breathing, um, it can be really, really bad. And it can show up in like 10 years, 20 years. I had a client that came to the house recently. He actually is in our field. He's, he's in the wellness world. And he was dealing with a lot of stress, relationship stress. And when he got here, we did the sauna and we got some really great heat shock proteins going. And then we did the cold therapy and then we did breath work right afterwards. And then we did the healing mat, which is the higher dose mat that, that we were texting about, which I love with the PEMF. And then we did our cathartic breathing, but, but there was an on-ramp because honestly, Wendy, he needed that much time. First, to learn how to breathe properly, he was a reverse breathing pattern person, which we can do a test real quick and I can teach everyone what that is. But he just needed time for his nervous system to relax. And it took like about an hour for his nervous system to really, really, really relax. And then from that place, you start to get more vagal tone. It's almost like if you have tight muscles, you need to foam roll them before you do yoga, before you exercise. It's the same thing for our emotions and our nervous system when it comes to the breath. Yeah, I think you know, they're so stressed right now. I mean, even if they they're, they don't, they're not aware of it, that so many people are living and dealing with so many different types of stress like EMF and all the news going on and their financial stress and poor health and uh, poor absorption of nutrients. It just goes on and on and on. And I think people don't realize how stressed they are. And especially if they're unwell, you can't heal when you're in a, a chronic state of stress. And that's, uh, it's, it's really important to do everything you can to bring down that stress set, set point to a point where you can heal. Yeah, because it, for example, the first thing that I do if I'm upset is I go like this, <gasps> I hold my breath, whether I'm in traffic, whether I'm arguing, whatever it is. And so when I do that, if I do that for too long, my heart rate starts to elevate. I increase my cortisol. And that's fine because you stress like intermittent hormesis is great. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of stress here and there. We actually need it. But this long kind of dripping stress that we all experience in this world, that's not needed. <laughs> we, we learn how to adapt to that. And I don't know how you feel about this. I'm curious how you feel about um, Cellier's model, you know, where you have the alarm and then you have the ad adaptation and then the exhaustion, a lot of different a lot of different, I guess you could say, um, behavioral scientists are saying that that's not true anymore, which I'm always open to learning. But I do think that we have an alarm phase in some way to stress. We go through an adaption where maybe it's extra coffee or extra stimulants or whatever it is. But eventually, eventually, the nervous system waves the white flag and it oh, says, yeah. enough. I can't, I can't stack these stimulants anymore. Like I'm, I'm suffering here. So what the breath does is it brings you to this current moment. And from that moment, you can have the courage to start being honest with yourself about what's not working, right? Your, your business partner that does an hour a day. I mean, that's advanced training. That's, that's, if he's doing an hour a day, I, I assume he's probably doing some catharsis breathing. Um, maybe more like the, the emotional release breath. Is that what yeah. he's doing? Yeah. He's okay. doing emotional release stuff, but he's been meditating for 25 years. So he is very, okay. he's, he's advanced for sure. So he's advanced, but for everyone here with us, there, there's three ways that you can gently, and I say that gently go into the breath. There's, there's the acute style breathing. And this is what we talk about in the breathe breath and wellness program. In the first week, you just learn how to do acute style breathing. It's breathing for stress. It's breathing for sleep. It's breathing to, to be still and to meditate. And that's about seven to 10 minutes. Then in the next week, you go through these longer meditations, maybe 20 minutes, increasing your awareness about how do I be in the present moment and whatever's coming up in that present moment, whatever you're aware of in that present moment, that is actually what is your body is speaking to you. Your soul is speaking to you and saying, Hey, you really need to pay attention to this thing. Cause I've been, I've been yelling at you for three years now and you haven't listened to me. 
So when I'm breathing, when I'm in that open parasympathetic state, all these awarenesses come in. I mean, yeah, it's spiritual, but it's actually biological too. And then what your business partner is doing is this is catharsis breathing. So that's the third phase of breath work and catharsis breathing. You said he's a seasoned meditator. I would not, and I do not direct students to go and run to that right away. I think it's really good to have the one, two, three approach, learn how to breathe like a circle, learn how to breathe like a box, then do your, your meditative breathing and your proactive breathing, and then do the catharsis breathing. Wim Hof made it really popular and he's, he's wonderful. He's, he's doing a great service to the world, but unfortunately there's so much kind of garbage out there, not from him, but just people trying to imitate him that somebody can go and do a quick search on, on YouTube for breath work and they can traumatize themselves. <laughs> you know, they can really hurt themselves if they're doing this the wrong way. So, so those three phases is what is, it's what I teach. It's what I do for myself. I maybe only do a catharsis breathing session once a month, if that, because they're very, very demanding on the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And to the degree that I'm processing my trauma, I have to have someone there. I have to have a support system. Um, I have to be working with a skilled professional because, um, you know, the breath, it's not like psychedelics, but it, it can bring up some stuff where if you're not ready to deal with it, it can be re-traumatizing. Yeah. I mean, it is when you're doing kind of, you know, should I say like ascension work or uh, emotional trauma work? It is, it's very stimulating to the nervous system. Very yes. stimulating. It can yes. be, a, and that can bring uh, like on stress or to have stress come up and out, which is a release, which is good. But some people may not have awareness of what's going on and, you know, be, you know, not feel good. You know? Yep. Hundred percent. Because look, I experienced this when I did plant medicine about two and a half years ago. I went way too far with ayahuasca, way too far. And I could just quote Jordan Peterson on this. He said, "Be careful of unearned wisdom," and that's exactly <laughs> what happened for me. Like I wasn't ready for the wisdom. I was trying to sprint to my healing, and anytime we're trying to sprint to our healing and take shortcuts, I found that it doesn't always work out great. I think that really shortcuts turn into long cuts when it comes to our health, our detox, our wellness, all the things that we're doing. Um, so yeah, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I've been, I've been cautious about the ayahuasca. I kind of, I want to try it, but I, I've had people here in Mexico they're like, Hey, do ayahuasca, do combo medicine and things. I've just been real cautious Good. Uh, about trying Good. it. It's not like you're <laughs> drinking. Um, uh, it, you're, you're not just going to the bar to get a vodka and tonic. I mean, this is, profound medicine that deserves a slower conversation, uh, much more pre-work, much more integration work than just you sitting in a ceremony. Uh, and, and granted, it can be incredibly pro profound. I mean, I've my life has changed so much from plant medicine in such a beautiful way. But also, I wouldn't wish my path on anyone because it was really, really challenging. You know, with yeah, I saw medicine. a post on Facebook about... Um, you're like went into the woods and I think it was an Indian shaman and, um, Oh, that was actually the vision quest the vision quest. Okay. So vision questing, we didn't use any plant medicine at all. And that was this year before my son was born. So this was, um, June of this year, 2021. And, um, it was 10 days in North Idaho. And it was, it wasn't a traditional native American quest, but it was done in that tradition. But I want to be really clear to respect the tradition. It was not a traditional native American quest, but it was done in that same light. So for 10 days, you go out into nature, you're completely disconnected, no phone. I mean, think about this, you guys, when was the last time that for a week you didn't touch your phone? I mean, just that in itself is healing to your nervous system. I, I feel a little bit of anxiety. Right? Thinking like, what about... am I going to miss? <laughs> but we went out there, Wendy, and for four days, I fasted a hundred hours fasting in nature by myself on the top of a hill, already an hour away from town and then another 30 minutes away from camp. So if anything happened, you're an hour and a half from getting two hours from getting any care medically. And all we had was water, literally four gallons of water, a tarp, a sleeping pad, and a in a sleeping bag and four gallons of water, no food, no fire, no cell phone, nothing. 
I mean, that was the most potent medicine I've ever received more than any, um, ayahuasca ceremony, more than any plant medicine ceremony. And that was with zero entheogens with zero drugs that itself. I was doing breath work every day. I was crying. I was having all these realizations, letting a lot of trauma go from, from honestly, from past life and inherited family trauma as well. So we don't always need medicine. Sometimes the medicine's actually just in us, you know, breath, breath and nature stacking those two things together. So potent. Look behind you, like all the trees, all the nature out in front of my home here. We have it all around us. We just forget about it, but it's literally there for us at all times. And I think if we can all learn how to, and, and do, it's hard work. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If we can all learn how to be in nature and be with ourselves and, and do breath work properly, our life can really shift. You know, your, your interests will change. The people you hang out with will change <laughs> from a detox standpoint. Breathing is 70% of how we detoxify our body by breath. The lungs. You know, yeah. The, the rest of it is ba uh, bl uh, bladder and, and bowels. But, but 70% of how we detox is through our breath. Now, why is that? It's because when we're, when we're respiring, we're actually off gassing all the things that our system has absorbed. So imagine what would happen from a detox perspective if you learn how to breathe properly. I mean, it's profound. Yeah, and from like a, a perspective like inner peace and like spiritual awareness and spiritual connection, I think it's really important to take some time out every morning to kind of focus and, you know, you don't even have to like meditate, but I like breathing to like guided meditations, mm. not even where I'm sitting in stillness. And I feel like uh, doing that, um, I get, I get like messages from the universe or downloads or inspirations or insights or things, you know, you have to kind of get still to really, you know, access what, uh, you know, maybe your, your connection to spirit, your connection to source or God or what have you, and to get yeah. direction, uh, on your life purpose. And so I think breathwork is a really important, uh, place, uh, even, uh, spiritually. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I'm not here to, to share that my God or my beliefs are the right ones, but I will say that at least I believe in something. And I think that's what everyone really, really needs to pay attention to right now in their life. I don't believe that God is a bearded man in the sky, but I do believe, <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that there is a higher intelligence that creates all things. As we talked about, you don't always breathe yourself. Something breathes you. You don't digest your own food. You don't know exactly why trees grow. Science tries to unpack and understand all these things. We know that the SA node in the heart is why the electrical pulse uh, allows our heart to beat. But you take a heart out of someone, you put it in someone else. We don't really know what's going on. <laughs> you know, we, we have to leave room for mystery in this life. And when we always try to figure everything out or, or put definitions on everything or have science be the new God, which is what we're seeing right now with what's happening in our world, science has become a God, which is so repulsive to me. Science is a tool that's made by imagination where we try to understand our human condition. Science is not God. In science, there is no room for mystery because the Socratic method, the scientific method, is always about proving that you're right. So I think from a spiritual perspective, we all have to connect with something. And it's funny because even if you're an atheist, Wendy, you ever feel this? I had a conversation this weekend that, that reminds me about what we're talking about. To be an atheist is to have full certainty that there is nothing higher, that there is nothing out there, which is so ridiculous because no one knows. That's the whole point. No one actually knows. So I would much rather for my overall health, for my spiritual health, for my longevity, for my physicality, I would much rather believe in something that makes me feel better than to believe there's nothing out there, which is actually a false dichotomy because no one knows. So to be an atheist, you've made up your mind that there's nothing out there, but you don't actually know. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. From, I agree. That's a, that's a really nice way to look at it. The argument from athe atheists is like, well, there is no God. It's like, well, how do you know? Well, I just, I made up that decision. Well, how you feel? How do you feel when you make that decision? Mm -hmm. Do you feel good? 
because I've had moments in my life that are completely unexplainable by science. They're just yeah. awarenesses that I have. And that is God, you know, cause you and I are made in the image of God and I'm not here to be a biblical uh, orator, but look at, there's so much profound wisdom in the Bible and I don't follow the Christian faith. I think all religions have some gems we can pull from. But when we, when we really get still, what is the first thing when anybody goes into a church, what is the first thing they do? They pause, they kneel, they do some kind of sacrament, but they're, they're doing one thing and they're doing it in a calm state. And if you look at the blue zones in the world, a friend of ours, Jason Prawl, he did the human longevity project. And he found that in all the blue zones across the entire planet, it wasn't just their food. It wasn't just their water. It wasn't just their exercise that made them live longer. It was their connection to a higher power. It was actually faith that was a nutrient that made them have more longevity. Well, why is that? It's because they're believing in something that gives them peace. It's a respect and an honoring and a humility to the planet and to nature herself that we don't all, we don't have it figured out. We're, we, we have our scientific mind, we have our intellectual mind, and we were gifted with these things, and I think they have a place. But to deny that we're spiritual beings and to deny spirituality, how's that feeling? You know, how's that working out for you? That, that would be my question for anyone that has a resistance to spirituality. Yeah, and I think, you know, as I've uh, been on my detox journey, I think I've, you know, no, I know I've decalcified my pineal gland. And, you know, people uh, have like calcifications, they have like fluoride that's been, I think, purposely added to the water to disconnect people from their spirituality. And there's there's other things that happen uh, that I think are happening to try to disconnect people from their their spirituality and their intuition so that they aren't as powerful because humans are very powerful manifestors and creator beings. Yeah. And and they need a they need their pineal gland to be functioning. And they need to be connected to our, you know, the mass consciousness to our, you know, your pineal gland has to be working to have like spiritual awareness and your connection. And, uh, and there's a lot of scientific evidence for, you know, people, um, you know, praying and uh, affecting other people and, and healing other people and their sure. thoughts uh, affecting others. And as I've gone on this journey, as I've gone on this journey and um, then introduced bioenergetics and whatnot, you know, I, I have felt much more uh, in, in connection with the universe, the creator being source or whatever you want to call it. And it's just, it's a journey that we're all on. How do you define bioenergetics? What's that mean to you? Uh, so bioenergetics is just uh, where we have an energy field. So we have an energy field where a lot of our communication takes place in our body. And it's where like Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, you know, how your thoughts control your body. What well, your, your thoughts or intentions are, can be sent out to other people. That's why you can feel people's like negative energy or their positive energy. Yes. Quantum entanglement. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And so we have all this communication that happens in our body and, that's where most of the magic happens in our body, all these trillions of things that are happening every second in our body that, uh, you know, in our physical body uh, takes instructions from this energy field. So you can, you know, negatively or positively impact this energy field through bioenergetic modalities or software, or there's a lot of different devices out there, but you can also, other people can impact you as well. And you can positively or negatively impact other people with your thoughts and your intentions. Oh, yeah. It's very uh, powerful, but you have to have an awareness of that. And I think people are much more intuitive than they think and doing breath work can help you to access access that more and in your intuition and being still and receiving messages that you're meant to receive. You remind me one of the practices that I do for myself and that we have in the breathe program is, um, a box, a box style meditation breath. And for people that don't know, and we haven't talked about this yet either. When you breathe like a circle, you're doing conscious connected breathing. So an example might be, it might feel and look something like this. So there's no stopping in my breath. That's a circular breath. That's really good for bringing energy up into the pineal gland, into the crown chakra. But when you breathe like a square, it's really good for grounding you. So if you're excited or if you're anxious, when you breathe like a square, it's something like. Yeah. 
So I could actually trace my inhale, my hold, my exhale, my hold like a square. And it's everything that you just talked about with the bioenergetics because what happens is, especially when you stack in a, a conscious breath hold retention, and I always do the breath hold retentions on the exhale because it allows us to pull the abdomen in, it allows us to pull the, the perineum in, and it allows us to do what's called a banda lock or an energy lock. When we do that, whatever stress, whatever thoughts, whatever kind of rambling is going on in our system, whether it's about someone else or ourselves, that comes up. I, I found that that comes up. And, and this is the thing that we all need to know about not just the circular breathing, but the box breathing specifically. When you're doing box breathing with breath hold retentions, it really calms you down. It really calms you down because you're pushing on that vagus nerve. You're exciting all those nerve bundles in the enteric nervous system and on the diaphragm. But on a metaphysical level, like what you're talking about with the bioenergetics, what's really happening there is whatever's running in the background, whatever's like the record player in the subconscious mind, it's going to come out at that time because it finally has a little window for you to hear it, for you to see it. And so if I'm holding resentment towards a previous business partner, a previous boyfriend or girlfriend, if I'm holding resentment, it's going to come through there. And then I have to have the courage to make those changes in my life, you know, to forgive people, to forgive myself. I can't tell you how many times, especially in the past month, I'll be thinking about someone and I've, I've tested this. I have to be very careful about who I think about because they'll text me or they'll reach out. Like I've had certain situations where I'm like, oh, I really don't want to talk to this person. And then they'll text me and I'm like, well, be, be careful what, be careful what I meditate on because it, it, it shows up, but it works the other way too, right? If, if we're decalcified and by the way, I'm thinking about this, what happens at restaurants now in Los Angeles, they put freaking uh, laser guns right at people's mm. pineal gland. I'm like, what yeah. is that doing to our pineal gland? I refuse to do that. Temperature laser. That. It's like, put it on my wrist. Anyways, that's, that's a side podcast. So, so yeah, we're, we're talking about is quantum entanglement, bioenergetics. It's all etymology. It's all, um, scientific words that we use to understand our human experience, which also we need to leave room for mystery that we don't have it all figured out. And there's certain slower paces of life and slower paces of being that we all must embody. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many miracles happening on the planet through uh, all different types of means, energy work, breath work, you know, uh, shamans around the world. There's so many amazing things happening. It's not yes. just, uh, there's so much amazing mystery in the world. Um, so talk about a little bit more about your program breath and where people can learn more about it. So it actually, Wendy, it came through two and a half years ago, almost three years ago now after a plant medicine ceremony, it was three in the morning. I jolted out of bed and I made this connection where I could actually feel we were doing breath work in Costa Rica and I was coming down from the ceremony and I had this immediate awareness. And I thought, you know, I don't think this is for me anymore. This plant medicine, this hardcore ayahuasca, like sitting in ceremonies with 70 other people, it's harm. It can be very harmful. And I got so traumatized by that, that I had this awareness. And I really do now looking back, think it, it was a message from higher intelligence. It was a message from God, essentially, that my path was not to be doing ceremonies all the time anymore. But I got such a profound experience from doing the breath work that I immediately woke up. I went on namecheap.com and I bought breathwork.io, which I couldn't believe it wasn't taken. I was like, how is this not taken? <laughs> how is that URL not taken? So I, I made a promise to myself that in a year or less, I would travel the world. I would do as much as I possibly could for my own healing, for my own anxiety and depression. And then, then I would just share that with people. And so that's how the program was born. It was me going to Costa Rica and Sedona and different uh, workshops in California and just really, oh, and also I spent 30 days in Thailand. That was an interesting moment. 30 days in Koh Phangan, which is an amazing island, doing some deep intensive breath work there. And I just thought, okay, from all these six or seven world-class breathwork practitioners, like what is, what are the gems that are, that we can use for practical people? where somebody who may not be esoteric or may not be very hardcore spiritual, 
that they could actually use for their life. And that's where the program was born. So it's, it's Breathe Breath and Wellness. It's at breathwork.io. And the program's three weeks. And I feel like if you look at behavior change studies and also just anecdotally from all the different students we've had across the world, it takes about three weeks for you to really have something click. And so in the first week, you're going to start learning. In the second week, you're going to start integrating. And then in the third week, you're going to have more mastery about how to use some of these practices that we've talked about today whenever you want. You know, it's, it's an app through Kajabi. That's where we host the program. So you can just download your Kajabi app and you have all your meditations. You have all your breathwork practices right there in the palm of your hand. And I made it really affordable so that people could give themselves this gift, especially during this time. You know, I'd love to give your audience a gift too. I'd love to give them even more of a discount if you're open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have a link in the show notes down below uh, for a discount. And I highly recommend you guys try uh, uh, Josh's program because, you know, I think uh, so many people there are living in such a stressed environment. You know, they have, we had stress before, but with the whole uh, pandemic and everything that's going on around that, that constant like fear porn that's going on in the media, it's just people <laughs> are, they're, they're terrified, you know, and um, not to mention that people are, can be born with a really high stress set point because of emotional trauma, the transgenerational trauma that you mentioned. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit about, you know, uh, using sure. your program to change your, you know, stress set point? One of the guys I've had on my show twice, his name is Mark Wolin. And he wrote a book called It Didn't Start With You. I'm curious if I have it here on the desk. Anyways, it's about generational trauma. So I believe he's the co-founder of Family Constellations. We also see this with, with Dr. Richard Swartz and Internal Family Systems. There's a lot of different healing companies that are coming online now because we're all seeing that from an epigenetic standpoint, we literally inherit our mother's microbiome, our mother's adapt adaptation to stress. But this is what's so powerful that I want everyone to hear. If physically, epigenetically, we inherit things from our parents, why would you ever argue that emotionally we don't inherit those exact same qualities? How could you ever argue with that? There's if research to prove it, that we inherit uh, trauma in our energy field from our parents. There of is. Of course. So how do we, how do we heal that? Well, before we heal anything, we have to be aware of it. And if we're aware of it, then we can start to use our breath to clear the stress. And that's really what we do in this breathe breath and wellness program, because it's not just about breath work. Yes. Breath work is a powerful tool, but when you start pairing breath work with like some safe vape cannabidiol or some longer meditations and different other tools that we have in the extra study module. These are the things that allow people to really go even deeper, but in a safe way where they're not doing the cathartic journey. It's not like that. But what happens is when you breathe properly, you feel better. And when you feel better, you have more homeostasis. And as you and I know, when you have more homeostasis, you have more energy, and then you have the capacity to explore greater levels of healing. You have the energy and the time and the bandwidth emotionally, physically to look into Mark Wollen's work or to look into family constellations. And you can then from that place start to piece together your own recipe for your own healing. And when you have your own unique recipe for your own healing, I would probably say nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, that we all inherit emotional and physical epigenetics from our moms and dads who inherit it from their moms and dads. And by the way, it even goes deeper. It's great, great grandparents. It's even great, great, great grandparents. In, in Mark's work, in Willen's work, he talks about when our grandmother is born, our mother is already an egg inside of her. And of course, we come from her. So in World War II, that stress response that everyone was going through in the Great Depression, that lives in you and I. It lives in all of us, that scarcity, that fear. So it's our work to use breath to clear that. And also, to it's not just breath. Breath, breath is the access point. But once we have that access, then we can start doing the real work of, of cultivating the courage. This is what it really is. You know, we do the breath, we clear things away. A breath, a breath is the, is the bridge to the conscious and, and unconscious mind. And then from that place, we have to really cultivate courage to deal with what comes up. Because I've never been 
if, at least to my knowledge, I've never had sexual trauma. I've never had in, in, intense physical trauma, but many people have. Millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people, unfortunately, have gone through sexual and physical trauma. And so for them, their journey is going to be even harder, right? And so I have, I can, it makes me sad just to feel that. It's like, I can't believe that happens in our world, but it does. And so if it happens to our grandparents, and that unfortunately gets passed down to our mother or father, that gets passed down to us. Alan Watts said this quote that I think you'll love. He said, a lot of times when it comes to parents and children, it's all wretch and no vomit. Everyone's teaching their children to raise their children who will raise their children just like all the children were raised. And that includes all the unconscious relationships, all the ways that we make fun of our, each other and the ways that we don't support our qualities in each other. You know, it's, it's so, it makes me sad that parents don't have the skill set to encourage their children because they themselves are broken. The child inside of them is completely broken and they don't have the awareness, the tools, the intelligence to, to heal themselves. So it's not about making them wrong. It's not about beating our parents up. I mean, gosh, they did the best they could. But mm -hmm. here it is for us. It's our opportunity to heal it. You know, so if we're not if we're not taking an honest look on a regular basis, then we're really dishonoring our ancestors. And I'm not saying that from shame. I'm not shaming anyone. I'm just saying it's it's a dishonoring of our ancestors to heal what they didn't have the intelligence to heal because they just quite simply didn't know. But now we're in this world and we're, you know, we're connecting through a podcast that goes into outer space and back down to the world. Like, are you kidding me? So we owe it to our ancestors to do all this work because we're here because we have this gift of being alive now. So take it upon yourself to learn how to do your conscious breathing, to learn how to detoxify your body, to learn how to detox emotionally, physically, spiritually, epigenetically, like get rid of all the shit, get rid of all the gunk that's, that's blocking you from having a great life because that's how the next wave of children come into the world. My goal with that vision quest we talked about, I went and my only prayer was, you know, God help me to release all the things that I don't know that would be projected onto my son. That was my prayer. Help me release everything that I don't know about that I would project onto my son that wouldn't be loving, that wouldn't be yeah. good for him. I love that because what you ask for, you manifest. No, you do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, and also, I think that, um, you know, with, with everything that's going on on the planet right now, all of this fear that's going on and, and people having to be locked in their homes or doing that voluntarily or involuntarily, it's an opportunity to, to turn inward and do work on yourself to release a lot of negative emotions, get in touch with yourself, get in touch with your spirituality or start a kind of an, an ascension process, if you will, to, to overcome this. I think the dark is working for the light right now. You know, that a lot of these things that the negative elite are doing or whatever you want, you, however you want to frame it is, is backfiring, you know, and that people yes. are waking up and becoming more aware. And it starts with programs like breathe, like breathwork.io. So I really encourage people to go check that out and learn how to breathe properly. So where can we find out more about it again? Yes, breathwork.io. And we'll make the code Wendy. So the code is Wendy. You guys get 20% off the program. It's already way cheaper than taking your family to dinner, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's a tool you can use for the rest of your life. Uh, literally for the rest of your life. Because you can download them all either to your phone or to your computer or you can use the app. So it's breathwork.io and the code is Wendy. Now, also, if you're in a really, really challenging financial place, you can also head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. There's a three minute practice in a wellness guide that I built there. You can get more comfortable with it. You can see if it's for you. So those are the two options for people to learn more and people to start doing this breath. I mean, if you're feeling it, if you're feeling inspired, trust that inspiration. You know, if something that Wendy mentioned today or if something I mentioned today uh, sparked curiosity in you or you felt like a little tug, if you feel pulled to something, do it. If you feel pushed to something, don't do it. Yeah. But if yeah. you feel pulled, like that's, that's a guidepost. And you also, you have an amazing podcast, a wellness force radio, uh, you have amazing guests. And I just love your, your kind of like your energy and your attitude and your inspiration. Your and you're really, I think very importantly leading in a positive way. A lot of young men that are listening to you and looking up to you. And I just, I really commend the work that you're doing. feels good to receive that from you. Thanks.
Yes. Well, everyone, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers He Talks podcast. I'm Wendy Myers, and I love doing this show and bringing you, you know, uh, inspiring thought leaders and experts from around the world to help you, you know, dramatically improve your life because you deserve to feel good. You really do. And I know that you're looking for answers, and I'm happy to be able to, to serve you in that way. So thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.